I really had to do some work on my mindset that start where you are, start small, do what you can. Welcome to The Work in Between, the podcast that explores the topics and daily habits and actions that get us to our health-related goals. Whether you're trying to lose weight, improve your mental or emotional health, or working on your spiritual journey, you're in the right place. In 2021, I was diagnosed with diabetes and was morbidly obese. I was already a three-time cancer survivor, so I knew I had to do something to turn my life around. So I did. I lost over 100 pounds and began transforming my life inside and out. I'm living my best life, and I want you to live your best life, too. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Gretchen Holmes, and this is The Work in Between. One of the major reasons I wanted to do this podcast was to hear stories from people who are working through the same issues you and I are and who have figured out how to navigate the challenges and events that can easily derail us. Life doesn't stop because we decide to get healthy. Life keeps moving. I find that I learn the most from the folks who are showing up every day, figuring things out, and achieving their goals in spite of it all. I find their stories inspiring, and I think you will too. Today, I'm talking with Amy Rogalski, who has had great success on her health journey. She has lost 80 pounds and has kept it off by making some permanent changes in how she lives her life, and I can't wait to hear all about them. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Gretchen. I really am excited to be here. One of the cool things about doing this podcast is talking to, as we would say, everyday people. Those of us who go about our everyday lives just trying to figure things out. We don't have personal chefs. We don't have access to anything special. We are just showing up, figuring it out, and making it work for ourselves. When I came across your story and what you've been doing, I was really intrigued because I find that you often provide really cool, on point, constructive commentary when people ask questions about, well, how did you lose your weight? What did you do? What did you do when this happened? And that's really why I wanted to have you on the show today. Where does your story start? Take us back to when you realized that you needed to do something different. What was going on? Around 2016, 2017, I had reached the highest weight of my adult life, 201 pounds to be exact. I'm only five foot two inches. So it was a lot. I think at that time I was, you know, I had a lot of things happening in my personal life, some struggles in my adult life, probably up until my thirties, I was what most people would consider, you know, normal weight. I might've been carrying maybe 10 or 15 extra pounds, you know, kind of up and down with that. And then about mid-30s, I started to really get a little bit more health conscious. I started running and kind of, you know, took that path for about 10 years until I got a running injury. So that running injury kind of sidelined me from running. Things that were happening in my personal life were also a big impact. And so I just kind of hit this wall of physically and mentally, I just, everything seemed to be falling apart. My body was falling apart. My, you know, everything, it just felt, it was terrible. 
at work, we had one of those Weight Watchers at work opportunities. Mm -hmm. And if I went for eight weeks and showed up every week, I didn't have to pay for those eight weeks. And I thought, cool, this is a good way to get started because I'd heard about Weight Watchers. And so I did it for that eight weeks, showed up every week, gained and lost the same pound because I, you know, for several reasons, I just wasn't ready at that point to face the scale. First of all, I weighed 201 pounds at that meeting. That was very frustrating. It was frustrating to have been a fairly healthy adult up until life happens. And I just kind of felt like I threw all that away. Would I ever get it back? So I did those eight weeks because I wasn't paying. Then after the eight weeks, you know, I did a little reflection and I thought, well, let me give this a chance or give it more of a try than I did. And so that was the point where I did my first year with Weight Watchers, what I call my first try. I think we've all had multiple tries. I don't know a lot of people who have attempted to lose weight, whatever way they choose to do it, and been successful the first time, like one and out. That's it. I figured it out. I'm done. So was there a specific moment or event that got you to that? Or was it just convenience and proximity? It was convenience and proximity. I was very unhappy, did not feel well, had a lot of joint pain, was grunting when I would get up off the floor. Those <laughs> those things that I just wasn't ready for that. And so I did a year and I was pretty consistent. I lost 36 pounds in that year. It was nowhere near a goal, any goal. I didn't even have a goal, which was one problem, but I did do that. But what I was doing in that year is I was gaming my points. I was not taking nutrition seriously. I was not doing anything proactive to kind of clean up my eating or really make a real effort. And quite honestly, I didn't want to. At that time, food was helping me, I thought, in my personal life, and it was helping me with my emotional health. So I wasn't ready to give that up. And so I started, you know, I'd gain a pound here, gain a pound there. And like a lot of people with their first experience in weight loss, then I was too embarrassed to go to my meetings. And so I quit going to the meetings and I thought, why am I paying if I'm not going to go? And so that kind of ended that effort. In 2020, I had gained 14 pounds back and this was in January of 2020. I really needed to make some changes in my life and I felt more ready to do that. And that January, you know, I had my same New Year's resolution we have every year. Okay, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to get healthy. But I had a little bit better of a plan. I started changing some of my daily habits it was helpful at that a little bit later around March where I work, you know, we closed down, we all went remote and did all that kind of stuff. And so that kind of helped, helped me establish some habits that I've been able to carry, you know, on after that. And so I kind of did things on my own until July of 2020. And that's when I rejoined Weight Watchers and really decided I'm going to put hundred percent into this because I'm not back to my highest weight, but I can see the writing on the wall. It's time to do something. I don't think it's unusual, as I said, to kind of start and stop, start and stop. I know I was successful the third time on Weight Watchers. The first two times when I was on that program, partly because I didn't know what else to do. I remember when I was in my early 20s and I was as heavy then as I had gotten to be the last time I joined. I joined a local program that is similar. You had to keep track of what you were eating and meet with a counselor. But I wasn't even sure what was wrong with my life. But the most obvious thing was my weight, because I could look in the mirror and see that. But I was also making some other pretty negative choices for myself. And so I remember thinking, well, I don't know what all is wrong with what's going on right now, but I know for sure that I weigh too much. 
So I'm going to start there. And I remember walking for the first time. I lived out in the country. I remember I couldn't walk a quarter of a mile because I had such bad shin splints. And I thought, holy smokes, I am 23, 24 years old. I can't even walk. So it obviously, that was the beginning of my trying to figure things out. And I finally figured it out in my late 50s. So I'm a bit of a slow learner. You mentioned that you were gaming points. Now, I admit, you know, I'm on Weight Watchers. You're on Weight Watchers. I am not endorsing one program over another. I think whatever works for folks, that's what you should use. But that's our common language. I do find it interesting that anybody thinks that you can make these positive changes and still have a steady diet of food that isn't particularly high in nutritional value. So you figured Mm -hmm. out that after a while, it really did matter what you put in your body and how your body responded to it. Sure, absolutely. What I was doing, and to take it out of the context of points, another way to look at it is I was being good four or five days a week, and then Mm -hmm. I was being bad on the weekend or at various other times. So it's the same concept, you know, looking at it both of those ways. And and that's what I tried to do to kind of, you know, stay on plan is I tried to do this balancing act of, okay, I'm going to do kind of what I'm supposed to for a little bit, but then I'm also going to do what is very self-serving and I feel like is helping me at the time, which for me, it was too much food, too much alcohol and a regular pattern of that. Still able to stay in my points and still losing weight, but very slowly. And again, not a long-term fix. When I used to drink my ability to say no to food goes to the gutter. I used to do so many late night fast food drive-throughs to get the French fries and the hamburgers. And then at the end of the night, they throw all the, the French fries in the bag. And so you probably had three servings of fries. And I ate them because yes, I'd been drinking and I had absolutely no self-control. So that is a challenging combination for sure. Yeah. I understand how challenging that can be to give up a lifestyle that we feel is doing something for us. Let's admit it. When we're going through difficult things, we want to turn to comfort, comfort food, alcohol, whatever. And when we are trying to change the way we eat, nobody typically reaches for a salad when they're feeling down. Exactly. Going a little bit deeper kind of about that time period also is within my family, my stepson started having issues with drug addiction. And that time period was so straining on my relationship with my husband, with my stepson, with just, you know, the family dynamics. I could handle it for a certain amount of time and then I needed some sort of escape. Or I just felt like I just can't keep doing this. And Mm -hmm. so that became a pattern for a while. And for a little bit, it worked until it stopped working, which anything, you know, in that unhealthy category is eventually going to not serve the purpose that you at least intended it to serve for a time. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, when really hard things are going on, really emotional things, things that are taxing us at every turn, every part of our emotional, mental physical, spiritual capacities, it makes it even more difficult to navigate not turning to what has always been our drug of choice, food, especially if things are going badly in whatever way that is. And then the way people show each other how much we care is through food. 
it is really hard not to take all of that in and start working your way through it because you know, for a minute, it does make you feel better. And then after, it just makes you feel worse. Absolutely. Yeah, that is so true. And I think that, I mean, that part of how we're wired is our brain wants, it sees something as a fix, even if it's only a temporary fix, it's still a fix. It sometimes takes a while to make that connection, you know, a lot of reflection, kind of a lot of thought work about that to do a little more forward thinking and think this is not a long-term fix. It's definitely though, I think we have to admit it works in the moment. I let it work in the moment until I discovered all these moments are eventually going to add up and I just can't live like this. I think that's a moment that we all have to get to, that moment of pure, raw honesty and awareness where we're not fooling ourselves anymore. And that is not an easy place to get to, by the way, and it can be a lonely place. It is not easy and it is lonely. It's not everybody is always particularly excited that that's where you're going with this. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think it's also one of these things. It's not really all that socially acceptable to say, yeah, I overeat and I overdrink sometimes. That's how I cope with my life. Good point, Amy. I like that. I mean, that is true. Because always on the outside, things looked fine. Mm -hmm. You know, from my perspective, as far as everything, someone looking at me from the outside, other than my weight, obviously, and some of those issues, you know, same things seemed okay. It's like, oh, she's a trooper. Wow, she's really handling this. I'm like, if you only knew. Yeah. How strong yeah. we are. Yeah. And so isn't it freeing, though, when we finally are able to say, I am not handling my life that great. Sure. I self-soothe with food. I cope by drinking. Whatever we're doing, I have found it to be way more empowering to be very upfront and open now. I mean, in fact, obviously, I'm doing a podcast, so I'm not afraid sure. to talk about it. But the fact for me is when I talk about my challenges and why I weighed as much as I weighed and why I struggled for so many decades, I find it incredibly empowering now to say I do have a problem with food because if I'm fooling myself, if I pretend I don't, that it is just as simple as calories in, calories out, I am bound to find myself in a really bad place again. So I have to be incredibly honest, even if it makes other people uncomfortable, I have to be honest about what my limitations are, what I know are difficult situations for me. So I know how to build those barriers. So I don't find myself in a place I don't want to be. And I've had people say, well, now that you've lost the weight, when can you quit Weight Watchers? And I say, well, I don't know if I'll always be a Weight Watcher, but I will always have to track. I will always have to be mindful because if I don't, I will find myself 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 100 pounds because we see it all the time. Yeah, I think along with that, kind of telling some of our story and sharing, nothing in my life is out of the ordinary. Every single experience I've gone through, every family situation, everything is not unique to me. And once I really realized that and discovered that so many people share some of these exact same experiences or can identify with, it made me much more comfortable in, you know, in talking about it because these are very, very common, I think for both of us, common issues. And I think that's what attracts people to some of the things that we share and talk about kind of in our Weight Watchers world, very relatable. 
Yeah, I agree. When we see pictures, the transformational pictures of people who had gained a lot of weight, they maybe even gained it back or had lost it for the first time. When we see before and after pictures, they're motivating. They help us realize, well, that person was as big as I am and now they're healthy. I can do that. I've had a lot of people who comment on when I make posts saying, you weighed what I weigh. I want to weigh what you weigh. And if you can do it, I can do it. And I pretty much figure if I can do this, truly anybody can do this. I am the worst at setting myself up for failure. I am the worst at trying to convince myself of whatever thing I shouldn't be trying to convince myself of. I'm really good at rationalization and justification and explaining why it's okay to eat this now because it's the day after weigh-in versus, you know, and then I'll spend the rest of the week making up for it which is not a healthy way to look at anything. And when we see the behavior modeled and we see the successes and we see just everyday folk figuring these things out, I do think that's where the hope comes in. And that's where the inspiration comes in, which is, again, why I wanted to talk to you. What have you learned about yourself that has surprised you? So many things. I think one of the big things I've learned is that I can have a tendency to have really high expectations for myself. I can have very all or nothing thinking, have tendencies towards being a perfectionist. If I can't do it right the first time, I'm not going to do it at all. And I learned that I can change that thinking and I can be different. And that has made all the difference. I'm not cured by any means, but I think the thought work has been probably the biggest change in myself that I have been the most surprised at. So the thought work being, for example, what? Having this idea of, well, if I can't do it this certain way, I'm just not going to do it at all. That kind of takes me back to, you know, as active, fairly active, you know, in my mid-adult years, you know, now that I'm in my mid-50s, you know, I had that time period where I was not active, you know, depressed, frustrated, doing all of those things. And when in 2020, when I decided, okay, for reals this time, I'm going to do this. I knew I had to do something about how inactive I was. I put it off and put it off because if I just couldn't get up and go run 10 miles, I wasn't going to do anything. And, you know, I look back at myself now and I think, oh my gosh, what, what kind of thinking is that? But that's what I thought because that's truly how I felt. It just wasn't worth it. I really had to do some work on my mindset that start where you are, start small, do what you can. And so one of the very first steps that I took towards that was I thought, okay, if I'm going to make any progress at all, I've got to be able to walk for more than 10 or 15 minutes without being in pain, which I was. My joints hurt. It was terrible. And I would think, I used to be a runner. I used to be a runner. This is ridiculous. So that first step was I thought, okay, I just have to get in the habit of committing to starting to do something. And so I started that. My very first commitment to myself was get up, put your workout clothes on. And so that's where I started. Every day for about two weeks, I got up, I put my workout clothes on, I sat and I drank my coffee, and I thought about all the wonderful exercises I was going to do someday. Um, (laughs) But but what I was doing with that, you know, uh, and this, a lot of this was pre me reading Atomic Habits. I'm not even sure if the book was out at that time, 
that's a different little avenue we could go down if we wanted to. Just those very small steps. You know, I, I taught myself, yes, you can show up for yourself. You can say you're going to put your workout clothes on. No questions. You don't have to do anything else. And so I didn't for a couple of weeks. And then action creates motivation for me. I built up enough motivation to get those clothes on, but it wasn't until I actually started spending five minutes each time doing something. Something is better than nothing. And those small actions over time, you know, they continued to build. As I was trending down in my weight, I was able to be more active, but it just started by, I just made that decision. No matter what, I'm putting these workout clothes on. I love that example. I am a huge fan of Atomic Habits as Mm -hmm. well. I wasn't aware that I was doing what he talks about, the author, James Clear, when I started Weight Watchers, that I always ate breakfast at home and I would have dinner at home, but lunch was always tricky. And so I decided every night before I went to bed, I would make sure I had packed my lunch. Once I started doing that, it made it so much easier because I then had control over my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner, and all my snacks. I had my lunch packed along with my two planned snacks, my morning snack and my afternoon snack. And I was so successful doing that. Even though I reached goal 10 plus months ago, I still pack my lunch every night because that really works for me. I know it's hard for people to understand because I get asked all the time, and I know you do too, what's your secret sauce? What's the magic pill? What do you do? And I'm (laughs) Well, one, we show up every day, right? But we put in mechanisms, we put in infrastructure, we put in habits, albeit small ones, every day that no matter what kind of day we're having, what kind of mood we're in, no matter what's going on in our world, these things are in place. So it's irrelevant what is going on because these are already built into the fabric of our day. It's just like brushing your teeth. That has made it so much easier for me because I don't really have to think about it. I prep my food. You see my pictures all the time on how I prep my food over the weekend. And that means I'm going to have a successful week. Yeah, absolutely. Food prep and meal planning are another one of the keys that I developed kind of those skills over time. Now it's what I do. I plan every week. I look at my, I don't have to anymore, but I used to get my zero point food list out and say, okay, what variety of things do I want? Because I really like structure and I like plans, but I also like a little flexibility. So when I do my shopping or I'm planning my meals for the week, I don't really specifically plan. This is what I'm eating Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I have the things together and I have the things ready to go. So if, for example, I do eat the same breakfast almost every single day and I prep that just so it's kind of a grab and go. But for lunch, I can, depending on my mood, I might choose some grilled chicken that I have on hand. I might choose shrimp that I can zap in the air fryer really quick and then throw on a salad that I already have prepped and cut and ready to go. I do like to do a little bit of mood eating, but I have myself set up that my mood eating fits my health goals. I do the same exact thing while I prepare like my sides and some proteins. So I'll have quick grab and go for lunch or whatever I'm doing. Or if I get home late and I don't feel like cooking a whole big meal or my husband has had something else going on and wasn't able to do it, then I don't go for the convenient thing on the way home, right? Because we all know the only thing between work and 
our houses are a lot of fast food. Right. And I like fast food. Well, I used to. I don't really like it anymore. I've tried it since I've lost a lot of weight. And to be honest with you, my taste buds have changed so much that I don't like the flavor of it. But that's not the point. My point is that I do so much better when I keep my tools around me and I don't have to think too hard about uh, what I'm going to eat. And I eat all the time. I eat more now than I probably did before, but I eat different things. I'm never hungry. It's incredibly rare for me to be hungry, which I really like because I don't like being hungry. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like being hungry. I've kind of hit on a way of planning and eating where I rarely am hungry. And it's because, like you said, in my toolbox, I have my planning and I have kind of my go-to things are always available to me. Kind of the same thing with developing, redeveloping an activity habit. Everything is convenient. My clothes, my workout clothes are hanging. My any type of equipment I need is very easily accessible. I have chargers all over the house to be sure that my phone's charged. If I'm getting up for a run and it's still dark outside that, you know, all my lights are charged and it's just, that's just what I do. And that's just kind of how I set myself up for success. So on those crazy weeks or when life happens, like, you know, we have our ups and downs on the downs, there's structure that I can rely on that has been so helpful. I think that gets to what I have been focusing a lot on lately, and that is intentionality. We have to be very intentional because none of these goals are going to happen if we are not intentional about the steps we need to take to reach them. It's nothing is going to just magically happen because we want them to happen. We really want to lose a lot of weight. I want it so badly. Well, that's a good place to start from a motivational standpoint, but it is truly not going to get you to your goals. It is actually breaking them down into smaller goals, smaller steps, things that we can do that are not overwhelming. And we don't have to do them all. We just have to identify the ones that work for us. And that's why when we were talking about earlier, when we hear about what other people have done to achieve their goals, to reach whatever those weight loss, those personal goals, their mental, emotional, spiritual goals, whatever they are, that's where we can kind of pick and choose and try different ones out and see which things really will work for us. Because none of this is going to be prescriptive. We're going to have to use some trial and error to decide which things really to do work for us. And then we may have to keep tweaking, which brings me to, you know, my final question. What are you still working on? <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah, me, too. me too. I'm still working on all of it. There's always something new to learn and something new to discover and a new way of looking at doing something. As far as like with my maintaining journey, right now I'm trying to be very mindful of I just got an air fryer. So first of all, that was exciting. I just kept reading about them and people talking about them and seeing pictures posted. And I thought, okay, I will finally catch up with everybody. I like experimenting with food because I know what I like and I know what I enjoy eating and I know what feels in, good in my body. And then I know sometimes what I might be craving. And mm -hmm. so something that has been really helpful for me is just working on my thoughts around, okay, so I really kind of am craving this taste. How can I make it healthier to fit my goals that I want to have? How can I make it in my world today be that big treat that I want? And so that has been a lot of fun working on those little tweaks to recipes, 
substitutions, you know, just a lot of things. And quite honestly, I, like you, my tastes have really changed. 80 pounds ago, give me a big old pizza and three or four beers and I'm good to go. And, oh, but then there's Ben and Jerry's that's going to visit me later. You know, that, that's <laughs> right. That. That's right. Right. Now I am so completely satisfied. One of my favorite desserts right now is kind of partially thawing some frozen fruit, a couple of squirts of light whipped topping on it, maybe a little swirl of chocolate syrup if I'm feeling kind of frisky and <laughs> some oh, some toasted almonds. And that is like, that's like five-star dessert in my world. And I love it. And I'm satisfied. Same here. I recently found a recipe for a custard, but I made it with sugar replacement mm-hmm. and fat-free milk. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh my, uh, this can't be good, but I'm going to try it. Oh, and grape nuts, cereal. Uh, oh. And I, I thought, holy smokes, I, what am I doing? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I ate the entire thing uh, over the course of like three days. It's what I like now. I have eaten cake in the last week. I will not deny. I got all bent out of shape that I ate it. And then I thought, well, you better have enjoyed it. So don't even do not eat something and then regret it. And then I realized me going off the rails today is nothing like it used to be. It still bothered me because I thought, what happened? What are you doing? Because I always think it's an opportunity to learn why I am making decisions, what made me vulnerable. And I always need to be aware, but I never can give myself the excuse to say, Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. And again, not beating myself up at all. I didn't, but I did have to figure out why I did it. And I know exactly why I did it. I was tired and I was stressed. And that's a tough combination for any of us. So it is. You know, I hopped right back on. I'm fine. Everything's good. No, truly, no harm, no foul, but it's a learning opportunity. I cannot tell you how much fun this has been to talk to you about your journey, my journey, our journey. I know we interact online a bit, and I just have to say this has been everything and then some that I knew it was going to be. So thank you for taking the time to come talk with me today. You're absolutely welcome. I have enjoyed it. I think we both kind of share the desire to take some things that we've learned and just kind of, you know, maybe throw them out there and because they're going to stick somewhere and it's going to make a difference to somebody. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. And I agree with you. It has been an honor to hear your story, to hear about how you've made all this work and you still continue to meet your goals and how much you help others on a daily basis because I see it. I have found you to be very inspirational, and I know everybody else will as well. A quick reminder that this podcast will be available on my website, GretchenHolmesPhD.com. Make sure you check it out. You'll find some valuable resources along with my previous podcasts. Feel free to drop me a line if you'd like, because I'd love to hear from you. Finally, from me to you, remember to love and celebrate yourself now, today. Don't wait until you feel worthy because you already are. Loving yourself is the only way to good health. Until next time, the information on this podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. (music) 